Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. The views, opinions, and nature talk are not necessarily the views of talk show, generated production, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. <laughs> Big. Answers with Ken Ham. 
co-author of the best-selling The New Answers book. You know, one of the most frequently asked questions posed by skeptics concerns how Noah got all the animals on the ark. You see, mocking evolutionists claim, well, Noah couldn't have fit the supposed millions of animals needed. But Noah didn't need that many animals. Only representatives of each kind of land-dwelling, air-breathing animal were to go on board. Our research scientists have shown that there can be many different species within each kind. For example, there are dingoes, wolves, coyotes, domestic dogs, and all these belong to the same kind. Plus, the Bible says the ark was huge. Perhaps only a half of the ark space was needed for the animals. So why was it so big? Well, maybe it was because God allowed room for people who might repent and come on board and thus be saved. But only Noah's family believed. You know, Noah's ark is really a picture of salvation, and Christ is our modern-day ark of salvation. We'll answer your questions about the ark and flood of Noah in our new pocket guide, available to you for a donation of any size today. To get this excellent 95-page ark guide, call us toll-free 24 hours a day at one 888 89 answers. We'll also send you information about the Noah's Ark we're building. For the excellent guide, call 888-89-ANSWERS or on our website of AnswersOffer.org. They call, send letters, email, and visit your home. They're not friends or family. They're con artists, scammers, and criminals. In times like these, it's important to learn how to protect yourself. Credit card schemes, bogus investment opportunities, and free vacation scams are just a few ways that today's criminals target you and your family. Protect yourself. Never give anyone your social security number, credit card, or bank account information unless you initiated the call. Stay informed of current scams by contacting your attorney general's office and Better Business Bureau. If you're a victim, reporting the con to the local authorities will prevent others from suffering the same fate. To learn more about how to keep your family safe from con artists and scams, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views and opinions of Nature Talk are not necessarily the views of TalkShoe, Generated Productions, and Sponsors. This is Nature Talk. Good evening and welcome to... Another Nation Talk. Hello, guest two. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight, we're going to talk about free speech. And is it dangerous now? Is it questioned? We also have news and views. And a hell and farewell to David Cassidy and Della Reese. With you through all time, it's the first thing I would wish 
maritime college classroom? <laughs> yeah. And speakers with unpopular views are shouted down and driven off. Who are you to decide for everybody? But should anything go? Even books that can give anyone the know-how to blow up a building? That's a fun book. Setting off uh, explosives can be very recreational. This is your chance to find out how you really feel about your right to speak your mind. You can't say that. What's happening to free speech with John Stossel? In America, over the past few decades, more people in power seem to have come to believe it's their job to stop dangerous speech or hateful speech. Sounds reasonable. Wouldn't that create a kinder, more civil society? But what really happens if you censor speech? And here's another problem. Who gets to decide which speech is stopped? You can't stop me from calling the white man the devil! Khalid Mohammed, the racist who in the last two years has organized rallies in Harlem, he calls the Million Youth March. It wasn't a youth anything, it was a hate march. New York's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, said they could not march because they're a violent hate group. But oh, no good Giuliani is afraid of young black men and women hearing the message of black power. Judges said the mayor had no right to stop the marches, one of 15 times the courts have overruled Giuliani. Mohammed's march went on, as did this rally by white racists. And when the mayor tried to stop this taxi protest, hundreds of cabbies just got out of their cars and marched into the city anyway. Giuliani's a danger to America. He's trying to tamper with the American Constitution. Giuliani wouldn't talk to us about this, but to give the mayor his due, the city is in great shape today. Crime's been cut in half, and the streets, where fewer people are screaming at us, are more pleasant. Most people like what Giuliani did, but some, like Robert Letterman, suggest it's not worth the cost. Real quality of life is not about not being bothered. It's about civil liberties. It's about freedom of speech. Letterman's a street artist who sells these pictures portraying Giuliani as Hitler, making New York into a police state. For doing this, says Letterman, he's been arrested dozens of times. You're going to arrest me for what exactly? Locking the sidewalk. Officials say he was arrested for things like disorderly conduct, not for his artwork. But Letterman claims the cops told him it was because of his speech. While they're putting the handcuffs on me, they're saying, hey, you know, we're really sorry, Robert. We know you didn't do anything illegal, but that's our orders. Police wouldn't even comment on that. Now, Giuliani attributes much of the improvement in quality of life in New York to his enforcing laws which had long been ignored. Laws against vagrancy, aggressive panhandling, against those squeegee men who wash your car windows whether you want them washed or not. Letterman and others argue that those activities are forms of free speech, too. So Giuliani had no right to curtail them either. You know, people are happy that people aren't stopping us on the street and saying, uh, that's a fair change, fair change. We like that, and you're kind of like that. You're spreading your stuff around well, actually, here. Actually, I'm taking up about two inches of the sidewalk on my own car. But, but people what like saying, what Giuliani did. People like what Hitler did. Does that make it right? The only reason I'm being arrested is because of the content of my message. The danger is that if government decides when people may speak, that can lead to tyranny. If you're going to criticize elected officials, you need freedom of speech because they command the police, they influence the courts. They're in a position to stop you from criticizing them. That's it. 
the police and the government have the gun and the power. That's why the Constitution says Congress shall make no law abridging speech. The founders thought guaranteeing us a right to talk back to the powerful was the best way to preserve our freedom. But what if you want to criticize not just the mayor, but the whole government? Is it all right to burn the American flag? Is this free speech? These jerks who insist upon burning the flag. We can't allow the U.S. flag to be set on fire, spit on. Joint resolution proposing an amendment to the Constitution. Of the Three United times States. the House has voted to ban flag burning. We are not limiting free speech, which is what the Bill of Rights talks about. We are limiting offensive conduct. By three votes, the Senate rejected the amendment, but in others, again, under consideration. It would make demonstrations like this one a crime. What is it that constitutes being a criminal? Uh, is it the size of the flag? I have a little tiny flag here the size of a pea. I don't feel like a criminal yet. Maybe I need to burn a bigger one. At this anarchist rally in Oregon, Libris Solar argues that we need to allow flag burning to allow people to express disapproval of government. Well, those were paper. Maybe it's a cloth flag. Maybe it's one that they consider real. Maybe if I burn that, I'll feel like a criminal. Don't ever give up the right to burn a flag in protest. It is your right. Polls show this offends most Americans. But others argue that that's precisely the speech that needs protection. The real test is whether you support the right of people who you think are absolutely disgusting to talk. Even really stupid and obnoxious stuff has to be protected under the First Amendment. That's the price of a free society. Is it? And if we must put up with obnoxious political speech, what if the speech is less important? Four-letter words. And the one expletive that almost always gets deleted. It's a verb. It's a noun. It's everything you want it to be. So why is this bar owner forbidden to use it at work? Isn't it his own business? You can't say that. What's happening to free speech with John Stossel returns after this. I just don't understand any of this. Look, they turned us down. It was our credit. What's there to understand? What do we tell Maria? She was so excited about the house. We shouldn't have promised her until we knew for sure. She's a smart girl. She'll understand. Nobody ever told us our credit meant so much. Understanding your credit is the first step to owning a home. It's never too late to get it right. Call for the new free guide on credit from the Fannie Mae Foundation and for a list of lenders and credit counselors. Thanks, Tim. Tom. Tom, when you're as busy as I am, you tend to forget things. When it comes to office supplies, you got to be on the ball. That's why I like Staples.com. They send me emails reminding me when to stock up on the supplies I need to keep my office humming. It makes things easy. My days of forgetting are behind me. I give them 10 more minutes. Order anything, anytime, anywhere with overnight delivery. Staples.com. Hey, you don't have to run out. Good evening, sir. Your finest table. Reservation. Perhaps you'll find it under Washington. George Washington? Sir, that's only a dollar. Only a dollar. Don't you know that with 10, 10, 2, 20, all calls up to 20 minutes are only 99 cents and just 7 cents a minute after that? 
Plus, there's no monthly fee. Great rates and no monthly fee? All day, every day. Oh, 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 oh. Look this way. Dial 10, 10, 220. Combat Rangers. They're rough. They're tough. They're battle-tested. They're lean-mean fighting machines. When there's a battle to be won, Combat Rangers get the job done. Making backyards safe for democracy. Now, tell me why they're wearing dresses. The commander uniforms didn't arrive from China. Oh, because you picked the wrong shipping company. Next time, use the only U.S. Express shipper with direct routes from China. FedEx, be absolutely sure. Match night vision to Yara sold separately. This Saturday at Sears, something you want is on sale. Guaranteed. Take 10% off practically everything, even sale prices, during our huge customer appreciation sale. Yep, the whole store is yours. So is the sale. You can't miss that. Saturday at Sears. Are you ready for the fat curl? Get one coat color and curl mascara from Elmay. It doubles the size of lashes in one curling coat. No clumps. For fat, curlacious lashes. No clumps in sight. Elmay one coat color and curl mascara. Friday, kick off your Oscar weekend with America's favorite show. What's up? Millionaire is going to the Oscars. Our theater is packed and buzzing with anticipation, just like the real Oscars. The Academy Award edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on a Special Night. Then, this man has taken ordinary people and turned them into stars. You, my travelers? Starting Friday, he'll try to do it again. You can even play it quickly. The series premiere of Making the Band. It all starts Friday at 8, 7 central on ABC. Tonight on Nightline, they've tried to kill him. They call him the Godfather and the Devil. He's one of the richest power brokers in Russia, and when Boris Berezhovsky talks, the Kremlin listens. You'll meet him tonight. You can't say that. What's happening to free speech continues. Here again, John Stossel. Words are powerful. Socrates was sentenced to death because his words supposedly corrupted youth. Some people argue that words are like bullets and can wound like bullets. I've been wounded. People regularly say hateful things about me. A newspaper called my work Blather said I was the long fingernails on the blackboard of television. On ABC's own webpage, people keep saying vicious things. This hurts my feelings. Don't I have a right not to have my feelings hurt? Well, no. These people are offended by a movie, Dogma. It's about, well, it's complicated. Oh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are angels who threaten the world. We were awaiting your arrival. Chris Rock plays a 13th apostle. I've never heard of a 13th apostle named Rufus. <laughs> George Carlin's a hustler priest. Fill them pews, people. This is blasphemous, say some Catholics. We didn't fight the battle for this crowd. We have to take this garbage? You shouldn't have to take it. We're not taking it. This is a hate crime. This is a hate crime. No question about it. No jokes at all no about religion. Jokes. Too holy. Our faith is too holy. Isn't that a joke? It's our whole salvation. Kevin Smith wrote and directed Dogma. I'm a Catholic, and this movie doesn't insult me. If I was the president, I would pass a law where you wouldn't blaspheme a religion. If you institute that law, then politics goes away. Comedy goes away, filmmaking goes away, TV goes away, newspapers go away, news shows, like this one, go away. Oops, that's the problem. Where do you draw the line? And who gets to draw that line? We can select people, all, for all walks of life, all religions, all... Like the, a jury? Perhaps, yes. 
we have uh, religious groups who would know what is blasphemous or not. So they would decide. Yes. But what happens if one group gets to decide what others watch or read? Well, classics like Ulysses and Canterbury Tales and Leaves of Grass were once banned in America. Recently, some schools banned Harry Potter books. That doesn't seem right. But then what can the poor people who really and truly are offended do? They don't have to go. Nobody's saying they have to go. That's the point. You don't have to watch. Of course, other parts of the culture are harder to avoid, like the words in music or on radio. Now, we all know how the media view the Catholic Church. The priest in dogma, comedian George Carlin, used to wonder which words were too offensive. And I wanted to know the ones that you could never say on television. I mean, the always filthy. Well, I could think of a We're going to be listening to Filthy Words. A New York radio station played a record of him saying those words. The word mother is a compound word. They went to the trouble of warning people in advance that a program was coming on that would look at so-called obscene language, and uh, they warned everyone about it, said, if you don't like this sort of thing, tune out. One man in Florida, riding in his car with his 15-year-old son, didn't tune out. He complained to the government. Eventually, the Supreme Court banned Carlin's seven words from all airwaves until after 10 p.m. Carlin says the censor should have been the driver of the car. That's why they have a knob on the radio called off. But apparently, they didn't turn it off immediately upon being offended. Listen to the whole thing, and apparently were not morally corrupted by the whole program, simply offended. We've added a few words since then. We've added... Now, we don't want to offend you, so we bleep the word. And we've added... Then... We figure you can get the point without having to hear the specific words, but it's one thing when a private organization like ABC censors, another when government does it. Because we have lots of TV channels. If one censors, ideas still get out. But we have only one government. Without objection, it's so ordered. When government says no, it's no for everyone. You know, we've lost so many of our rights and freedoms in the last 25 to 30 years, all in the name of protecting society, and it's bogus. It's just part of my language. I mean, you know, I've used it all my life. Some people refuse to give in. 66-year-old Leonard Carlo, who owns this bar in Colorado Springs, likes the F word. And the F and that, I really don't give a And he has lots of signs in his bar saying things like, Nope, children, animals, tabs, or checks. And on the women's, it has women, and over there is the men's, and it has men. He just likes the word. So do many of his customers. It's a verb. It's a noun. It's everything you want it to be. You can make a sentence out of it. But one person complained to the state agency that licenses Carlos Barr. They got that one anonymous phone call, right? And the, they send the Gestapo down without his swastika. You came in like a stormtrooper, right? The state removed signs that said were offensive to the senses. The show is over, right? Carlo was told he could not use profanity in his bar. Said the state where alcohol served. Profanity could lead to fights, and the state's responsible for public safety. There's 700 other bars here, right? I find it hard to believe they aren't swearing in the other bars, but too bad for the law is the law. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. Determined to have at least one sign the government will have trouble removing, he went to a tattoo parlor and on his head tattooed the words, You leave me the alone. Of course, now this means Carlo could be forbidden to walk into his own bar. I love my country and I hate the government. And I do not think that you or they or them or anybody else has got the right to tell me 
what I can read and write and say, right? Well, clearly, if you're in jail, you lose some right. Does that include your right to hurt people with your last words? Fred Treach and 180 other inmates on Ohio's death row have been told by prison officials that at their execution, they will not be allowed to say any last words. Is it too much to let me say how I feel, say I'm sorry, or say a prayer? The court has shown great reluctance to... Kevin O'Neill, who teaches First Amendment law at Cleveland Marshall College of Law, is helping him sue for the right to speak his last words. Humanity requires that when a person is about to be executed, they should be allowed to say goodbye. Humanity? These people were not humane themselves. That's true, but it's different when the government is doing the killing. He points out there's a long tradition of allowing those sentenced to death to give a last statement. It's when Nathan Hale said, I regret I have but one life to give for my country. I don't think we're asking that much. Trish put a gun in the mouth of an unarmed security guard and pulled the trigger. He's scheduled to die in the electric chair. Trish argues that Ohio's denying him something even vigilantes granted those they were about to kill. I asked him if he had anything to say. If they can give him the decency, why can't they give it to us? Every movie you see on TV, they ask him if he wants a cigarette. Thank you, gentlemen. Got anything to say? Do you have any last words? When do you terminate my rights? When you kill me? When I'm dead? Ohio banned last words after the trial of Richard Davis, who kidnapped and murdered this 12-year-old California girl, Polly Class. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of a felony, murder. With the little girl's parents in the courtroom, Davis sometimes turned and made obscene gestures. Then, in his statement to the court, he claimed that before he killed the girl, she told him, Just don't do me like my dad. I have to pay my dues, so should you. There was no evidence that Polly was ever molested by her father. Davis's words only inflicted more grief on the family. Even though they weren't Davis's last words, it's the kind of vengeful outburst Ohio prison officials say they want to prevent. If I really want to talk bad to them, all they have to do is sit there and listen for a few minutes, and they're going to watch me die. The condemned are allowed to write last words well before their execution, just not to say them. But Ohio officials still haven't explained how they intend to prevent Trish and others from saying anything as they wait to be killed. Don't you think you can still hear me? Do you really think unless they cut our vocal cords? We're getting into extreme cases where no one has good answers. Let's move back to everyday life. When we return, censorship at work. What's okay to say about sex? In the office, watch your back. Someone may be offended by what's on your computer screen. They could sue, yes, and win. Oh, they'd win. Wait till you hear the new rules for the workplace. When you can't say that, what's happening to free speech with John Stossel returns. All right. One seven two four 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 thirty four forty four. Call ID number five 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 one nine pound. And I know there's going to be a lot of differences in this conversation because a lot of things that I say versus what other people say. And if I say it, then it's bad taste. If someone else says it, it's okay. Hey, Mike, how are you? 
I'm doing good. How you, well, you're stirring up some stuff tonight. Oh, what's going on over there? Well, uh huh. It's a it's whole speech free speech thing is it's really getting out of hand. And what people can say and what people cannot say. Mhm. I mean, there's, I hear that. I mean, somebody like me will say something, and it'll be right. But oh boy, they're mm-hmm. all gonna jump on my case and say, "You can't say that. You got no That's right." Fair. But you have the right to say what you had to say. What will make you so? What make you so different from what I said? I guess in the context of the place of, of how you saying it or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe in the workplace is one thing, or a job, or whatever. But out on the street, it's a different. I don't know. You know, come on, don't don't start me to blind today. I mean, especially now with this, what's going on now with this with this administration. It's gotten to the point that uh, if he says something, then he says something, especially against the government, then you, oh, you're wrong. You shouldn't say that. Uh But you said something. You said something about it. Why you didn't shut up. Okay, hold on. Hold, hold on, y'all. It is, it's a touchy subject to me because I believe in the First Amendment right to speak. As long as I'm not offending anybody, as long as I'm not offending anybody, I got that right. But if you offend somebody and they think it's right, and then when I say something that's right, okay, who's better than what? This is nation talk. And yeah, we're stirring we're stirring up the dust up in here. Hey, this is Reba McIntyre and I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about a serious problem right here in our own backyard. Did you know that there are nearly 16 million kids struggling with hunger in America? That's one out of every five precious children in this country who might not get to eat dinner tonight. But hope is just around the bend because there's enough healthy, nutritious food produced in this country to put a smile on the face of every last hungry kid. And that's when the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks steps into the picture. They collect surplus food, engaging their communities in solving hunger and giving hope to the hungry kids and their families. But they need your help. So join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. I'm feeling lucky tonight. 
the J.C. Penny Lucky 25 sale. Get 25% off store-wide. Plus, each store is giving away a $1,000 shopping spree when you play the J.C. Penny Lucky 25 sale sweepstakes.
that it was a wonderful and enjoyable exercise. A month later, he was summoned by college officials. The, uh, the vice president said, are you telling me that these words were uttered in a maritime college classroom? <laughs> I said, yeah. Uh, he said, well, that is pornographic, and that is sexual harassment. Vega was fired. His next job was a desk clerk in a little hotel. I spent all this time from becoming a college professor, and then in one fell swoop, SUNY Maritime wouldn't talk to us about Vega's firing. After three years, Vega finally found a new teaching job. Don't hold back. He encourages his students to speak out, but he holds back. He says he and other teachers must be very careful. What thought will someone find so offensive that I will again lose my job? We've lost our freedom of speech. Sounds too grandiose, but this is exactly what freedom of speech is all about. Eugene Volek, who teaches law at UCLA, says sexual harassment employers to become speech police. The government is doing exactly what the First Amendment forbids. It's trying to set up a nationwide orthodoxy in all of the nation's workplaces. It's trying to say, these are the jokes you can't tell, these are the opinions you can't express, these are the words you can't use. And employers are listening. You bet they are. Michael Bloomberg listened. Bloomberg rents out computer terminals that help people keep up with financial news. Doing this has made him a billionaire. You'd think he could afford to let his employees say whatever they want. The sexual harassment laws frighten even him. Companies should be scared? Oh, absolutely. The list keeps getting longer of what kind of activities, what kind of conduct is and is not appropriate. Even your personal email isn't safe. It could be that two people are having a conversation where they don't mind the word. Somebody might walk by, look over their shoulder, be offended. Yes, they could sue. Yes, and win. Oh, they'd win. So, to be safe, Bloomberg put software in his computers that censor words he thinks someone somewhere might find offensive. So, Sleeping Beauty can't prick her finger on the spindle. That is true. No regrets about that? You don't see yourself limiting speech? Not at all. Oh, of course we're limiting speech. If your question is, do I have any regrets, do I think it's wrong? I don't. It's chilling how willing many of us are to give up our freedom. Bloomberg's now censoring terminals in a hundred countries. It's as if the most sensitive get to set the rules for the rest of us. A cashier at the Senate coffee shop, Bernice Harris, used to call people honey, baby, and sugar. Then a man complained that was sexual harassment. She was allowed to keep her job. But I don't call nobody baby no more. A city attorney in Tennessee ordered this painting removed from a government building after a woman complained. Some companies now ask employees who want to date a coworker to sign love contracts like this. Some forbid dating altogether, which is too bad since one study found married couples were more likely to have met at work than any place else. It's how Bogey and Bacall met, Tom and Nicole, Alec and Kim. I met my wife when we both worked for Good Morning America, but that was before all the new rules. If you put in those kind of rules, then I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to miss out on possibly the relationship of their lives. In Westwood, California, Todd Pozovac asked Linda Joffe out a dozen times. I think that I would have had a case for going to somebody and saying, look, this guy's really bugging me. You know, he's around all the time. He's asking me out all the time to do something about it. Fortunately, she didn't because after three months of his pursuit, she fell in love and they got married. Now they have a child. I don't know how he put up with me for those three months. 
because I don't think I would have stuck it out. I'm very grateful that he did. Of course, that was then. This was, you know, six years ago. Now things are a lot more hypersensitive. So sensitive, there's now a $10 billion industry devoted to finding harassment and rooting it out. This is a business on the bar. One company shows workers this musical, which is supposed to sensitize the insensitive. We want to look at the kinds of things that just bristle you. My Consultants like Olivet Jones run sensitivity training seminars for companies worried about being sued. Bottom line, don't say anything you wouldn't want your mother to hear you say. Companies pay Jones some $2,000 a day to educate employees. We assembled this group. Don't talk about body parts. Don't give people sexual attention of any kind, whether you think they want it or not. No body parts, no nice eyes. Just understand that there are some consequences because your nice eyes may be interpreted by somebody else as a totally different thing. So what does this add up to? Are you becoming a bland person? Yes, you are. Not everyone's thrilled about that because it's... Making the workplace a lot, you know, more um, restrictive, cold unhealthy, less fun. Sometimes it seems as if today in America, instead of people competing to be more self-reliant, people now compete to see who can be most offended. It's not just sexual words that people object to. At Carmel High School in Indiana, teachers were frightened when they discovered a student, Brian Conrad, had created a website under the address Time to Die. Turns out Time to Die is just internet jargon for keeping someone out of an AOL chat room, but the teachers didn't know that, and Brian, on his site, had listed the names of some teachers and, as a joke, said, are they Satan-worshipping demons? Laugh in their faces. Shun them. It was pretty scary because there's devils, there's pentagrams, my name's on it. Anybody could find this and send me a, send me a message. Uh, they knew where I worked. Did, did anyone? No. But she and two other teachers felt so threatened by the website they sued Brian and his family, demanding thousands of dollars in damages. They even tried to get criminal charges filed against Brian. There's no direct threat. He, he just says, laughing. Plus the word son, and I know that I've got some students in my class that could really misconstrue what that means. And to some wacko kid, what's the connotation of son? If I'm not mistaken, Amish societies, if someone is shunned, they are considered dead. They no longer exist. But so that's if really contorting it to make it a direct threat. Why? That, that, is a, that is not a normal vocabulary word that's going to be used. But ignoring people is okay. It's a form of free speech. It's not physical threat. You can ignore threat. a statement and you can ignore for a short period of time, but to shun is permanent. Some teachers named on the site, like Janice Grove, thought it was obvious that the site was a kid's joke, misspellings and all. I know I'm not a Satan worshiper, and none of these people are Satan worshipers, and uh, I thought it was silly. And Brian was apologetic. He came forward. He had tears in his eyes. I guess that was a relief to find he admitted to it. Uh, no. Confession and later apology isn't enough for this group. They want punishment. His mom, Lori Hansen, can't believe what's happened. He voluntarily turned himself in. Are they going to take this? It was a kid's prank. No, this is not the way teenagers express themselves. None of you was harmed. But we were harmed emotionally. Here's the lesson plan. If you do this, these are your consequences. What are the consequences? 
consequences. For parents, it's money. And criminal charges for the boy? He was intimidating. And that is a criminal charge. Mm -hmm. So what's the effect on Brian? He feels like his life is over. That's what he keeps telling me. Come on, ladies. Tough enough. You're supposed to stand for free speech, the open debate. Free speech means freedom to state an opinion. It does not mean freedom to slander and freedom to threat. And no matter who thinks it is or isn't a threat, I do. There's that frightening threat to free speech. The offended get to decide which speech is okay. It's even written in the sexual harassment law. What is appropriate and what is inappropriate really exists only through the eyes of the person who's experiencing it. The person who hears it gets to determine if it's offensive. Absolutely. But what if my intent is good? Doesn't matter, John. If I shoot you dead, do you care that I meant, didn't mean to? But we're not talking bullets here. We're talking words. No, they have the same power. That's a dangerous concept. Yes, words can hurt, but if words are bullets, then it's okay to answer words with bullets. I think words are words and bullets are bullets, and it's important to our freedom that we keep them apart. This speaker is outnumbered, shouted down on campus after campus. Docile gets drowned out, too. What's happening to free speech at college? When You Can't Say That with John Stossel returns after this from our ABC station. Closer to nature can get you closer to your family. 
To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. They call, send letters, email, and visit your home. They're not friends or family. They're con artists, scammers, and criminals. In times like these, it's important to learn how to protect yourself. Credit card schemes, bogus investment opportunities, and free vacation scams are just a few ways that today's criminals target you and your family. Protect yourself. Never give anyone your social security number, credit card, or bank account information unless you initiated the call. Stay informed of current scams by contacting your Attorney General's office and Better Business Bureau. If you're a victim, reporting the con to the local authorities will prevent others from suffering the same fate. To learn more about how to keep your family safe from con artists and scams, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views and opinions of Nature Talk are not necessarily the views of TalkShoe, Jam Radio Productions, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. Tonight at 10, look at this. Robbery in progress. Now local police are hunting for armed thieves. Our crimes are unthinkable, it says in one school's free expression handbook. Unfettered freedom is necessary to discover knowledge. Universities used to stand for that. Today, something else is going on. Ward Connerly thinks racial preferences are wrong and goes to universities to argue that. Our government should treat everybody the same. Equal protection under the law. Now, as you can hear, this is not a universally popular idea. Treating everyone equally means an end to some affirmative action programs to help minority students get admitted to school. I know it's your school, but you have a right to be civil. I'm here because I was invited to be here, and I thought that most of you would be willing to listen and to engage in civil discussion. But you cannot engage in civil discussion. Here at the University of Texas, these students say Connerly's ideas are so objectionable, he should not be allowed to be heard. They're going to try and spin this out and say that somehow his free, free speech, his First Amendment rights were violated. Our First Amendment rights as students were violated when he hit, when he hit this campus. We don't support First Amendment rights. That's what the First Amendment is Students like this one who think Connerly should be heard also get shouted down. It bothers you that a black man would be against your point of view. If that isn't, if that isn't saying... The same thing happened here at the University of Michigan. It happens regularly at Connery. Sometimes I'm prevented from actually speaking because it's not just a matter of heckling. They will try to block the door from allowing me to get in. The game plan is to make sure that this guy does not get his message across. You're threatening them. That does not give them a license to go out and deny me the right to come on campus and to argue my point of view. At Columbia University, Connerly's supporter was shouted down. We win, celebrated the protesters, students like these. Felt like it was a victory. The conference was completely disrupted. And that was exactly what we were hoping to do. You can go back home to the sewer that you were came from and, you know, spout your ideas there, and that's fine. You may not speak here. Sure. Some people might have wanted to hear him. Who gave you that power? 
to decide for everybody. I'm taking the power, actually, by, by going out and, and protesting, saying, racist, get off my campus. Whoever yells the loudest wins? Isn't that like third grade behavior? Not third grade. I mean, if they get chased out of the city, they get chased out of the city. Their, their ideas aren't welcome. Colleges have been where open debate was supposed to flourish. Colleges are the worst places in the world, often, to have a civil discussion about any issue. Get off this Great. campus. We don't want you here. I'm just trying to educate myself and other people with me. I got a taste of it at Brown University a few years ago covering a rally against sexual violence. I did a politically incorrect thing. What's allowed? To spark debate, I questioned the activists' broad definition of sexual misconduct. When some did want to speak, the demonstrators righteously shouted them down.
Benson's an acknowledged expert in all kinds of weapons and explosives. Breathe that smoke and you'll notice your heart starts racing. He writes books about them. Books like Homemade Grenade Launchers, Homemade C4. This is a book that tells how to make a, a military-grade explosive uh, at home. Tim McVeigh bought it. He also bought Ragnar's Guide to High Explosives. That's a fun book. And that, that, that setting off uh, explosives can be very recreational, can be addictive, just like a kid with firecrackers. And useful to someone who, say, needs to blow up tree stumps to clear land. But Ragnar's books go well beyond tree stumps. Serious survivors know that there may come a day when they need to demolish bridges, shatter steel, or derail tanks. It's important for people to be able to defend themselves, he said, in case tyrants in government come after you in a tank. Your rifle won't stop a tank. What you need is a flamethrower. One whiff of the dragon's napalm scented breath will put attackers at your mercy. That's pretty good copy, isn't it, to sell books? But what if people use his book to commit crimes? I don't worry about it. I do worry about the personal lack of uh, responsibility within our society. The criminal is responsible, he says. It's time to stop blaming others, like authors of books. I'm sitting here with a handful of books on homemade grenade launchers, guerrilla arsenal. I am presenting no harm to the world at all by possessing these books or by reading these books. Claire Wolf, who asks us not to show her face, writes books about defying the government. And that, she says, shouldn't be anyone's business but hers and her readers. It is solely magical thinking to imagine that books or movies, quote, make people do things. People wish that if the books and the movies would go away or would be different, people wouldn't do terrible things. For instance, the Manson gang very famously blamed the Beatles for helter-skelter. People who are looking for an excuse to do evil will do evil. Yet this year, Benson's publisher told Benson his books on explosives are now illegal. No dilly-dallying. Because last year, Congress passed a law saying it's a crime to distribute information about making a destructive device. We can't sell these books anymore because if there's intent to violate federal law, we could be facing a $100,000 fine and 20 years in jail. Even before the government banned books, private lawyers got some banned by suing the publishers. Paladin Press recalled all copies of Hitman after someone allegedly followed its instructions and murdered three people. The victim's relatives sued Paladin. Several major news organizations, including ABC, NBC, and the New York Times, all filed briefs on behalf of the publisher, defending its right to sell the book. The victim's lawyer says that's disgusting. The media should have had the intelligence to be able to draw the line, but they haven't. Uh, Walt Disney, for God's sake has come to the aid of Paladin Press. The news organizations defended Paladin, saying if that book can be censored, what's next? ABC News? This broadcast? Against Paladin's wishes, its insurance company settled the suit. It paid several million dollars, and Paladin quickly pulled Hitman from the shelf. The fact that someone was able to buy the book Hitman and then kill is almost coincidental. How many people have committed murder and assassinations without reference to a book like Hitman? It turned out that Hitman's author was revealing no secrets about being a Hitman. In fact, she was just winging it. Hitman claims to be written by a professional assassin named Rex Farrell. Not true. It's written by a housewife. And where does she get most of the information? Television. That's right. She researched the book by watching detective shows. The 
The uncomfortable fact is that even if the government banned Hitman and other books, the information would still be out there, unbannable. The explosives and weaponry detailed in Benson's books are found in library books, encyclopedias, magazines, survivalist literature, and newspapers. One convicted bomber says he found the making of... Views, opinions, and nation talk are not necessarily views of talk huge. And the sponsors. This is Nation Talk. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kennedy Jenkins. And now we return with our program. ...of his bomb and the Reader's Digest. Good grief. Here's instructions on how to make a rifle out of wood blocks and plumbing pipes. Here's one on how to make a homemade grenade. And here's what it is. Department of the Army Improvised Munitions Handbook, one of the best books in the world for learning how to blow things up. Available to everyone from the government printing office. I'm not providing anything that couldn't be uh, acquired in another place. Especially on the Internet. Within hours of the Oklahoma City bombing, an Internet user posted a description of the kind of device used. Censorship can't keep things like this under wraps anymore because of the Internet. It can't really be censored. Police could shut down one site or a hundred and block this or that channel, but there are millions of pathways. One site based in another country could still reach every computer in America. And what can be acquired is pretty amazing. When Nate Chicolo was 15, he thought for a science project, he'd try to find out how to build an atomic bomb. You just sort of mentioned, you know, you can go on the Internet now and get information. And I sort of wasn't exactly up to date on things. I went on there and a couple of clicks, and I was right there. Finding the information was easier than he'd ever imagined. He didn't have plutonium, thankfully, but he built a papier-mâché model that was dead-on accurate. I just carried it out these front steps, carried it on my shoulder, and walked right to school with an atomic bomb on my shoulder. And the government's passing laws to censor books in the age of the Internet. It won't matter anymore. Found 563 web pages simply for atomic bombs. The cork is out of the bottle. Some final thoughts about speech and liberty when we return. Stay up with us. Our crime team has the latest on the dangerous jail escapee on the run for two days. Plus, a robbery is trapped on tape. Could you help catch the robbers? And find out why this man made TV history on ABC. We argued often, viciously, until we reached a consensus. That's a good thing. Openness gave us vaccine. This was a crazy idea. Protecting people from disease by injecting them with a little of that very disease. In France years ago, thousands died because authorities said this was against God's will. America was the first to develop the atomic bomb because the Nazis banned Jewish physics. To explore relativity, Einstein had to come to a free country. To leap from science to laws against hate speech, but the principle's the same. In an open society, if we're to argue our way to the truth, then speech must be free. So the answer to hate speech is not speech code. It's more speech. Yet there will always be an impulse to censor. If we give in to that impulse, we are giving to the bigots the gift of our freedoms. 
if you give in, what you're saying is freedom is less important than not being offended. What a disaster for a country whose soul depends upon liberty. That's our broadcast for tonight. Stay tuned to Nightline after your local news. I'm John. Healthcare.gov is open this year for you to sign up for a health plan. November 1st to December 15th. In the last few months, there has been a flurry of loud and angry debates on social media about what can be said and what ideas can be expressed. For example, the head of Mozilla was asked to resign because the board learned he'd given money to a campaign that opposed the adoption of same-sex marriage in California. Ian Hersey Alley had her offer of an honorary degree from Brandeis University rescinded on the grounds that her views on Islam were unacceptable to Muslim students at the university. And more recently, of course, L.A. Clippers basketball owner Donald Sterling was banned for life from the NBA because of racist comments he made in a secretly recorded conversation. All three cases have shown deep divides in the contemporary marketplace of ideas. To help us understand the state of free speech, we welcome, in our nation's capital, Rachel DeCoste. She's a community organizer, motivational speaker, and Huffington Post blogger. And with us here in studio, Janice Fiamengo, professor of English at the University of Ottawa, Alice McLaughlin, Professor of Philosophy at York University, and Justin Troche, National Policy Director at the Center for Inquiry, and we welcome you three here in our studio. Rachel, nice to have you on the line from Ottawa. Janice, I want to start with you because you've given uh, a number of talks where loud demonstrations have met your attempts to give uh, talks, most recently, I guess, at Queen's University. Let's just start with this. What do you think it is about your appearances that causes so much controversy? Well, um, clearly my, um, my talks are challenging a uh, very much uh, cherished and deeply held series of beliefs, um, particularly feminist ideology, because I have been questioning some of the major tenets of feminist ideology, and I've also been um, trying to make the case that um, men's issues deserve to be heard as well, and uh, there's a certain um, element in the feminist community on campus that doesn't want to hear that uh, and is, is, um, finds it threatening in, in various ways. Having said that, do you understand the intensity of the reaction you run into when you try to advance your views? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was a radical feminist when I was younger. I was a radical student. Uh, I, I still believe in protest. I believe that uh, um, students have the right to, to challenge very uh, vigorously and aggressively uh, speakers with whom they disagree. I guess where I draw the line is actually shutting down a speaker, uh, which is what happened to me at the University of Ottawa. I wasn't even able to begin the talk, and um, I did eventually, uh, uh, after an hour of interruption, speak for about 15 minutes before the fire alarm went off. Um, but uh, obviously the um, useful uh, Q&A that we were looking forward to couldn't take place, and I think um, uh, discussions around these charged issues are, are um, really damaged when that kind of discussion can't take place. So that's too bad. Okay, Justin, to you now. Gender issues are one thing. Do you want to put a few more things on the list where these kinds of events take place? Well, if we're talking about recent examples, uh, very often we are seeing uh, right-wing groups and right-wing perspectives that are often the target of censorship. It hasn't always been like this. I mean, if we go back to the 50s and 60s, there was a time when uh, it was the left and uh, their protests against perhaps the Vietnam War, their, pro their protests in favor of uh, 
civil liberty legislation, uh, ending desegregated schooling, that sort of thing. That was the contentious idea that was subject to censorship. But these days, it is uh, criticism of, of feminism. Hello. Feminism. You've been uh, selected to participate in a short 30-second survey. Has been to say thank you, we'll be able to select one of our exclusive offers. The very often these debates get shut down by well-meaning, but unfortunately not well-applying student unions that use the wrong methods to defend their their morals, which they seem to be superior to the rest so of us. So whereas once upon a time it would have been, if I can sort of characterize it generally, left-wing student radicals uh, unhappy with a particular issue trying to shut down debate, now you're seeing more of right-wing student radicals doing it. Well, now those student groups have, in a weird sense, become the establishment. And so when there are events on campus, and I gave the abortion debates, but there are others, uh, where those debates are seen as an affront to uh, the rights of women, perhaps, that, that they might create a dangerous space on campus, then in the name of preserving a safe space, these often left-wing groups will take it upon themselves to do things like bullying and intimidation and harassment, which themselves constitute an affront to preserving a safe space on campus. Okay. Alice, we mentioned a couple of examples off the top. You've got the Mozilla case, the Ian Hersey Alley case, the uh, former owner, or still owner, I guess, but maybe potentially soon to be former owner of the L.A. Clippers. We've heard this referred to as the culture of shut up. Do you think that's an apt description of the kinds of divisions we're seeing nowadays? Absolutely not. I've, there are lots of things that contribute to a culture of shut up. Um, the end of net neutrality contributes to a culture of shut up. Government silencing of scientists contributes to a culture of shut up. State surveillance of private correspondence contributes to a culture of shut up. Students protesting controversial speakers, that's an example of free speech. It's not the end of free speech. So I was only recently made familiar with Janice's um, experiences. I had the chance to watch them on YouTube. And what I saw um, warned me. I saw people who cared very much about gender issues, some identifying as feminists, some identifying as men's rights activists, vigorously, wholeheartedly, and determinedly engaging with each other, yelling, not always being polite. And as a result, um, I know that Janice's work has received a much wider audience, including a platform on this show. I think this is the very opposite of silencing, and it's how a society of free speech works. I'm not sure you saw it that way, did you? No, I most certainly wouldn't, wouldn't say that. I think that's a complete mischaracterization. Uh, what happened at Queen's University was precisely that. Uh, there were a lot of angry um, comments uh, during my talk, uh, laughter, heckling, that sort of thing, but uh, the talk was able to go forward, and, um, and then there was a, um, you know, an extremely uh, heated, but I think productive question and answer period afterwards. That is the definition of, of free speech, when a speaker is actually not able to go forward with the talk, that is not an example of free speech in any way. That's uh, bullying and intimidation, and uh, it's, uh, I think, to be deplored. Uh, I've heard, had emails from um, people afterwards who talked about how they had driven, you know, for 45 minutes because they lived outside of Ottawa to come and hear my talk. They weren't able to hear it because it was shut down by a few students who uh, felt that they had the right to determine what ideas could be. Oh, yeah, I would love to jump in. Thank you. Well, I think it's important to talk about what we mean by free speech. I care a lot about free speech. I teach John Stuart Mill. Um, I'm committed to philosophy. We started because Socrates was silenced. Free speech means freedom from government interference and sanction. It doesn't mean freedom from consequences, and these consequences can include vigorous reactions, criticisms, protests. Unfortunately, it can even mean that the debate doesn't happen or doesn't go the way you'd want it to. 
Um, I well, think sometimes the consequences, if I may get in here, because these I was at these events as well, the consequences were violations of university policy, okay, policy on free, free speech, policy on the non-disruption of sanctioned events. Doors were blocked and fire alarms were, were pulled. That's Absolutely. dangerous. Absolutely. And listen, I no mainstream feminists, including me, none of us are ever going to defend the pulling of a fire alarm. If you, can point, if you can point to a single mainstream feminist thinker or defender who wants to who wants to defend the idea of using fire alarms to set people down, I will personally apologize to them. Rachel's been unbelievably patient so far. Rachel, come on in here and give us your view on where are you on this? The Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees freedom of expression. It doesn't guarantee you the right to have, uh, to dispel your, your drivel, really, just untruths to impressionable minds uh, with a mic, an amplifier, and an audience of impressionable students. What are you referring so to there? I, I, I listened to the YouTube video of, um, of the professor at Queen's, and when students laughed, it, it was because she was saying stuff that was not true, and it, it, draw, it drew laughter. For so example. that was their uh, reaction to hearing presentation of ideas that were just not based on any fact that could be backed up. Could you give an example and, and of something that you right found? Too. Okay, could you give an example of something that you found so egregious that it deserved to be laughed down or fire alarms pulled or whatever? I don't agree with the fire alarms pulled, but when somebody says that these statistics that we've been based on forever are wrong and therefore, you know, rape is not as much of an issue as it should be, I think that draws laughter, if not crying, because it's, it's just so preposterous. So if she wants to speak, that's fine, but she doesn't get to have the forum of our public universities paid for by my and your taxes to, uh, dis to disseminate that information that's just not right. At what cost is free speech? At what cost? One seven two four 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 seven four 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 call the number. Five 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 one nine pound is the number. At what cost? Free speech at what cost? Your life. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Wow. Huh. Is, there a is the interpretation of who you're talking to uh, what you're talking about, too? Yeah. Especially if, especially now, since we're in the, the age of blogging, especially that now, we... Everybody's in the age of blogging now, including myself. I, I do blog from time to time. And there are some things that there are some subjects I touch on. And, oh. and I do get a little get a little bit uptight about about that it depends on a certain subject on it. And I'll blog on it. Um not to get not basically to get some feedback on what I what I just said on in my blog. I've written a lot of blogs and in fact you can go on Word WordPress um, so 
most of my blogs are on WordPress. Most of them. Not like Is I said. A big audience on, on WordPress. Um, not too much unless I go on Facebook. Unless I, unless I share it on Facebook or Twitter or you know some other or some other um um site, especially Facebook. I, I'll, I'll go. I'll share it on Facebook a lot. I share a lot of them, a lot of it on Facebook. Um, let's see. Just, I would, only thing I really want is just to get a feedback on what has been said to start a conversation or a dialogue on on that particular subject. Okay. Now, nowadays there are some blogs out here. That there are some bloggers out here who do do damage. <laughs> they do do some damage. There are yeah, some bloggers, yeah, and there are some bloggers who speak out or speak up against something um, because they because of their what they believe in and what they what they possibly fighting for or what they're, you know, what, like I said, depending on the subject. Uh, Now, we also have podcasts. We're in the the age of podcasting as as we speak, as we we speak right now. I have been on on podcasts (laughs) and Boy, oh boy, oh boy! You got, you have some, you have, you'll have at least one somebody who's going to pull, who's going to take what you said and then twist it, and then turn it, and twist it, and turn it again, and it and it, it does become a. And it it starts out, uh, it starts out a conversation, a dialogue, and it turns to an argument. That I've I've I have been on, I have been on podcasts like that. Uh, one one particular one, I'm not going to mention the name of of the of the podcasting people. Um. Dave, I've been on one. I don't know if they're still on or not, but I will call in or listen in. Sometimes I mostly I just listen in, and I'll you know listening to the conversation. Sometimes the conversations go way left field. <laughs> I mean, way left field. There's another one that was he was on talk show, and I, I miss him. His name is Bougie. I miss him on there because he, um, his his program is very, it's, it's a very interesting program, and he talks about all different types of subjects and and what 
I'm in the chat room dialoguing, and, and he's on the air, and I'm, I'm mostly, I'm mostly, be on the chat room. Every now and then, I'll go on, I'll talk to him on on one on one. Every now and then, but sometimes you'll have a couple of idiots on there who would take that certain subject and twist it, or go way off second, way off third base and just go to some other conversation. He even tried to tear down his character. And and and, and I consider Booty his program I I loved his program. I miss him I miss him on talk show. I, I really do. Because he used to, he used to come on late night. And I still got I still have I'm I'm still subscribed to him, just in case he might decide to uh, uh, come back and do some and and do it again. So, um, if he's still on, if he's still if he's still on, I'm gonna continue to um, uh, listen to that because one day I'll be just on. I'll be just listening and. I was I was just really listening to the program, and uh, that's how I acted. I don't know if it was a, I, I thought it was an accident. I was on there, so I I went on there, and I just love his. I I just loved his the way he looked at the way he looked at things. Um, he he do clips like you know like, like I normally do. And he'll go to the clip, and he'll just he'll talk about it, or he'll allow someone else to talk about it. And then again, these two idiots will come on. Sometimes three idiots come on, and they just they just they tear into him and his character and what he be saying and. uh, he hasn't been on. He ha- it's been some years since he's been on, and I'm hoping he and the Bougie, if you're listening, come back, man. Come on back. Mm-hmm. At least you got one person on your side. <laughs> if nobody else, <laughs> me and my wife love to listen to him, and I still got him. I still got the, the archives to his program. Um, um, I'm still. On in my list of shows that I do that 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 subscribe to, and the the, the podcast radio podcast radio. I mean, granted, it's wonderful. As and one thing I like about it is it's, it's not restricted. It's not restricted. You can pretty much say what you want, and you know, pretty much what you want on there. Yeah, but podcast is usually a uh, how you call it. You have your own web, not the web. Yeah, your website or either uh, software. Yeah. So you're paying for domain, so it's still it's just the same as like what you're doing now. It. Yeah, kind of what we kind of what we're doing now, 
The only difference is um, if I choose to, I could get, I can have sponsors on here. If I, you know, if I choose to, I will. And you got you know, sponsors. I mean, I mean, like sponsors to, like to, like I do, like one minute, like I recognize them for for about sixty seconds or a minute, something like that. I just mention their name or mention whatever like that. But you know, I haven't. I don't have. I have people who subscribe to the show. I mean, there's a lot of people who just subscribe to the show. For the last eight years, I have a lot of people subscribe to the show, and they do listen, and they do re-listen to the to the podcast. They yeah. they do download it. I I check the numbers and see if any how many people download. And I, I check it to see how many did, and sometimes it falls off, and sometimes it picks up. But I bet as long as but as long as they can 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 listen to it, I can you know I'll continue doing this until I decide not to, especially this program. But I have not gotten tired of this program because. There's so many different. There's so many interesting, interesting subjects out here that I just can't take. I just can't shake loose. I just can't not get let them get away. <laughs> uh-huh. There are a lot of interesting subjects out here. Like for example, today I picked up a, a pamphlet on um, domestic violence. Uh, sometime this week, I'm gonna call the people and see if I can get an interview with them, and that's what I, that's what I love too. And, and and I have some very good, I have some interesting people who I interview, and I mean interesting people. I have some, I have some interesting ones, some some special ones, <laughs> and it is. But like I said, we're in the age of blogging and podcasting, and like I said, it's quite it's it's believe it or not, some of the stuff that is on here now, I would not put on regular radio. <laughs> I hear you. Some of it, some of the stuff. If I was actually, if I actually go back to regular radio. I don't think I would. I don't think I don't think the station will allow me to do it. I I don't think I don't I don't think they would because I I I deal with I deal with a lot of subjects like the time with the um now the 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 Nazi preacher now I, him I'll have him on <laughs> like I did before. And it was an interesting conversation, and uh, I got what information I needed. So, mm, okay. Yeah, like, okay. He he's a sponsor. I mean, he's not a sponsor, but he's a, he's a he um he still um subscribed to this program. 
I don't know. So, like I said, I get I got a lot of interesting people who to, who to, who do subscribe to the program and who do listen in or call in or or you know whatever. But uh, y'all hold on, I gotta take another break here. I'm coming towards the bottom of the hour. Speaking of, of speaking before I go, I'm like before I go to break. I just want to remind you, you could go on Talk You on Nation Talk, and you could go on there. And you can get all of the shows that we did so far, even up to even tonight's program. But you have to wait about five or ten minutes before it comes up. If you if you miss a show, um, if you miss a show, you can always go back to. You can always come back and listen to it. Just go to Blog Talk. I mean, I'm sorry. Go to Nation Talk on TalkShoe. Go go to Nation Talk, and I have and it will have all the programs so far for the last eight years that you can go back to. You can even hear the original. You could even go back to the first broadcast of Nation Talk when I first did it about eight years ago. So feel free to download. You're welcome to download it. Download it later. To you can download it and listen to it later. In the meantime, we're going to our break. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour. This is Nation Talk. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Vince Gill from Van, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Real life's not a song. In less than it takes to play my latest hit, someone will be killed or injured in an alcohol-related crash. So next time you're out with someone who's been drinking, don't let them take the wheel. Take the keys instead. Sad stories make great songs, but happy endings make better lives. That's why friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Donnie McClurgan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, The blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, is having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. The blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Here's a piece of nature talk on our next set of views. I'll talk to you, Jam Radio Productions, Sodahead.com. And its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. We've gone to the newsroom. (laughs) 
news and views. Then also we have um, we also have a hail farewell to two of my favorite who passed away, Della Reese and David Cassidy. All right, let's get to the let's get to our news and views. Three teens plotted to kill new classmate who disputed social order police. Three teenagers were discovered to have allegedly plotted to murder a classmate who they said disturbed the flow of social order of their Washington State School according to authorities. Two two boys and one girl, all 16 are accused of planning to kill an 18-year-old classmate who was new to Kauna Benton City High School, the Benton County Sheriff's Office said. The teens planned to lure the victim to the back of Kai B. Red Apple Market on Horn Drive where they would attack, they would attack him and stab him with a knife during lunch on November 15th. The plan unraveled when two students not involved in the plot saw someone dressing in a red in a red mask in the orchard behind the market, according to police. The attendant victim went to the market went to the market and back to school without being harmed. School officials learned of the incident that same day and the next day a boy and girl were emergency expelled. Police said they were informed of the incident on Tuesday. The following day, a third student was found to have been allegedly involved in the plot. The intended victim was a new was new to the high school and disturbed the flow of the social order, according to Sergeant Bob, Bob Brockman, and we told Tri City Herald. In a statement obtained by the paper, Kaona Benton City School District Superintendent Wade Hahn said that a school official was made aware that certain district students may be dis- may be discussed may have discussed a plan to harm another student. The statement said, "Quote." The matter was immediately looked into. The sheriff's department contact, contacted and students were emergency expelled, end quote. It's not immediately clear if the student allegedly, allegedly involved in the plot faced any criminal charges. The Benton County Sheriff's Office said the investigation is ongoing and urge anyone with knowledge of the incident to contact them immediately. All right, here's another story. And I'll get you to weigh in on. This is from Inside Edition. Women 22 moved to Florida to Wango and kiss really 
sweet alligators. <laughs> okay, let's hear this one. <laughs> let's say this is a, this is one of human interest stories. Uh, like I said, this is from Inside Edition. I don't know if you may have seen this or not on the show, but uh, <laughs> come on, come on. Really kiss? A lot of people just assume I'm crazy and tell me that I'm insane. Obviously, if you see a person kissing an alligator, and for this 22-year-old New York native, it's all love. Love for these reptiles. This is the love of my life. This is Swamp Thing. Gabby Scampone says she moved to Florida to pursue her passion of working. Hey, don't leave me. She's a volunteer at Everglades Holiday Park, where she educates the public about these creatures. The last thing is called the face-off. And that's because if it goes horribly, horribly wrong, yeah, your face comes off. <laughs> I like working with predators and showing, like, the nicer side of them. That was great, by the way. But she also works with a company that captures wild alligators. And for that, she had to learn how to wrestle them. When you're first learning to wrestle alligators, the full process, and you work with a tape skater. And then from there, you know, the tape slowly comes off, and you start doing it more and more. Despite the dangerous and sometimes gross nature of her work, Gabby loves every minute of it and doesn't plan on making a career change. In the future, I definitely plan on working with animals. My entire life, I'm going to always be surrounded by animals. And uh, I'm planning on keeping all kind of my fingers. Hopefully, that, that happens. Best of luck with that. Piggyback ride. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Mara Musulbano. All righty then. Would you wrestle an alligator? No. <laughs> it don't even think about it either. Wow. That was interesting. The last time I saw last time I saw a gator, I was fishing with a pastor, his wife, and the mother of the church and one other person I can't remember. And I put my I put my um I put my bait put my bait on and threw it in the water. Here comes Mr. Gator Fall. <laughs> he was looking at me, I was looking at him, I said, Look here, Mr. Gator, you go where you go and I'll go I'll stay right here. Cause uh what they they just he, he was just waiting for me to catch something, so that way he'll go under, swim, go down like a he go he goes down like a submarine, and then goes under me and then goes down, 
and snatches um, wherever I caught. <clears throat> but he didn't do that. He just stood there and looked at me. I stood there looking at him, waiting on the fish to bite. Uh, usually just, where an alligator, the fish is going to leave the area mostly. Yeah. We we was we was near the Everglades if I if I remember correctly. Mm. We was somewhere in that area. Um it it was um it was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> when I saw this about the gate on going eh, eh, no uh, thank you. No, thank you ever you ever eaten an alligator? No, I haven't. I heard it. It tastes. I heard alligator tastes good. I gotta I, try it one day. I haven't tried it, and I've been down in Florida for ten years, and and I've never tried it. <laughs> it's. I heard it tastes good. I don't know. I heard it tastes like chicken or something. I don't know. Uh, That's what I heard. Like what? <laughs> okay. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Really? Come on, get out of here! Oh, yeah, what up? No, it gotta be kidding me. I said, no, they, they must be kidding. <laughs> well, it is time for our hail and farewell. We lost two. Wonderful uh, people who both was in who both was in television and in music, and two of my favorite. And these two were all were my favorites. First, hail farewell to Delovice. Entire purchase now through Sunday at Gap.
1986, and since that time has carved out an incredible career in music, film, and television. She's an author, she's an ordained minister, and starred for the last five seasons on Touched by an Angel. Take a look at this. <laughs> a lot because I had to feed her, just that simple. And my work caused me to go on the road. And now she's an adult and she's got a couple of kids and we hang together. You do a lot of traveling back and forth, yeah. same as same as that, except opposite. Yeah. I live in Utah, you live here. You spend the weekends here. Yes, I have a, a church, and I have to come for the services and the business of the church. You love doing that. I do. I really do, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, I, now, I just have to get on to Touch by an Angel, because you know, the thing that I find the show is five, five seasons, and it, it's had a, a, an effect on a lot of people's lives, kind of a, a cathartic effect, especially yeah. in certain celebrities' lives. Absolutely. Did uh, you it, ever it, think the show would, would do that? That's three questions. Number yeah. one. <laughs> I just want to ask you He's got a lot of questions. Thing. Okay, number one. Let me give you two more questions before you <laughs> answer that. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, it does help people's lives, uh, not just the people who see it on television, right. but the people who come to work for us. Really? Uh, it helps their lives. For an example, uh, a, 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 a star, I will not call her name because I don't have permission to do so, but her oh, husband, that's okay. that's okay. her husband, he's still <laughs> as bad as he was when he was 12. Hey! Uh, <laughs> and proud of it, too! <laughs> um, her husband had died uh, six months before, and she had two children, and the script that she was coming, the part she was coming to play was the part of a woman whose husband had just died. And this woman had three children, and one of them wanted to be a gymnast. Maybe you saw that story. So what she brought to that yeah. part, I'm not saying, what yeah. she brought yeah. to that part, we could not have written. You understand what I'm saying? Because she had really experienced her husband dying, being left with two children. So she brought so it such, it, she brought everything to it. Uh, I, I, I had a, maybe a box of tissue because I had this scene with her, and when she talked to me, my eyes just was Niagara Falls because you could feel that she knew what was, this was, was about. God is not your servant. God is not here 
you say, come, jump up and do something. He's in charge. You're not in charge. And for some people, that's hard to get over because you've had to be in charge of your life because you didn't know what else to do. But what we teach here is that God is already in charge of your life, and he's consciously aware of you. I don't care how many people people say to me, well, there's so many people, how could he pick me out? Because he's God and he can do anything. That's how. Miss Deloise, she will be missed. And the other star that uh, passed away was David Cassidy. Maybe you may not remember David Cassidy, but those of you, some of you was now, but those of you who lived in the 70s and been watching television remembers this guy. He was Keith Partridge on the Partridge family. Cyber deals start now at JCPenney. Hurry in and find up to 60% off coats, hats, and gloves, up to 70% off fine jewelry, and gifts from JoJo Siwa. Plus, save an extra 20% with your JCPenney card. Find even more cyber deals now at jcp.com. This morning, we're also celebrating the life of singer and actor David Cassidy. The star of the hit series, The Partridge Family, died Tuesday at the age of 67. His family was there with them, saying he passed away, quote, with joy in his heart. ABC's Chris Conley is taking a look back at the former teen idol's life. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Robin. For a generation that loved The Partridge Family on ABC in the early 1970s, David Cassidy was their first pop star. His heartthrob appeal made him massively popular, cherished by millions, who today mourn his passing. The definitive teen idol of his era, David Cassidy smiled and sang his way into the hearts and minds and diaries of millions of young women. In magazines like 16, on the ABC sitcom The Partridge Family. Featured on the show from 1970 to 1974 as Keith Partridge, alongside Susan Day, Danny Bonaducci, and his real-life stepmother, Shirley Jones. I've had it. They just won't leave me alone. David Cassidy was dreamy, talented and approachable and unthreatening, slightly androgynous and super crushworthy, as those dreams confirm. I was the first really marketed rock music star that became lunchboxes and bubblegum cars and all that. So when he posed for this racy Annie Leibovitz picture in 1972, whoa. From the mid-70s onward, Cassidy found success acting on stage and on TV. He recorded and he toured. Personal challenges lay ahead, though. There'd be a series of arrests for DUI. Early in 2017, he would announce that he suffered from dementia. What do you want to most be remembered for? Spreading love, bringing light into people's lives, giving everything in my heart and soul, because I know I'm a loving, caring human being. I don't mind being remembered for being an alcoholic. I don't mind being that. He died in Fort Lauderdale at the age of 67, the teen idol for all time. You're also the greatest in your job that we've seen in our lifetime, though, right? 
You'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Well, of course I would. <laughs> I think I love you. Statement from his family thanking his fans, reading, David died surrounded by those he loved with joy in his heart and free from the pain that had gripped him for so long. Mm. A sad day and a life worth celebrating, guys. Oh, very much worth celebrating, Chris, and thank you for helping us do that. Crushworthy, as 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 Chris said, and in, in, in my ear, our director Lily said, first crush that she ever had. David, yeah, David. And I remember Friday night the Partridge Family. Oh, absolutely! I remember seeing going to my friends' homes and seeing his poster up in their rooms, <laughs> sixteen magazine, and that Rolling Stone cover to go racy Rolling Stone cover without a shirt on. That's racy. <laughs> you know, right now, yeah. it's like, whoa! Why isn't the rest of it off? That's you know, right. I'm glad that he had joy in his heart. Right? Absolutely, he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people, and he would not be forgotten. Nope, he shouldn't. He sure will. And he was a he was America's hot hot drop. <laughs> well, I didn't know that Della Reese was a, a ordained minister either. Oh yeah, she was an ordained minister. Hmm. Yeah, I right. remember her. I remember her singing long time ago. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a pic, uh, there's a picture uh, of her when she was back in the day, like 1950, 58, 59. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And when she was back in the day, I'm, I'm going. I, I looked at her, I'm going. I, I, in fact, I remember that picture. I said, and my wife couldn't believe that was Delores. I said, yeah, she she was a fox back in the day. <laughs> she was she was and um and she um sang with Mahiria Jackson um I think Mahiria Jackson discovered her oh yeah mm-hmm excuse me oh yeah so she sang with Mahiria and uh she um, they did both television, did both television and music, which I think she was a dance singer, though. She was, she was, she did, she did, um, she did. Um, I'm trying to think of another female artist back in the day. This is one of them. When I am in love. Someday. 
That was her. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That was her. She's some jazz and she's some um, standards as well back in them days. Okay. And that was somebody you want me to want you. 1960. This performance was in on CBC Canada, 1960. This was the year before I was even born. And, and I was in the I was in the Air Force. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> my goodness! Yeah. I'll tell you, gee, uh, I remember she was she was with on um she was on. She had her own TV show. She had, um, let's see. I seen her on Sanford's son. And she also did a short, it was, it was very short, unexpectedly, um, a television <laughs> show series called The Royal Family or something like that. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Then she did, a, she did it with, with Richard Pry and, um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Harlem Nights. Yeah. Who cannot forget about Harlem Nights? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, then. Bring it. Yeah, she she will be remembered. And, of course, my all-time favorite, Touched by Angel. I will never, ever forget her on that show. She she will definitely be remembered on that show. Mm. Definitely. Okay. Huh. Yeah, nice program tonight, sir. Yeah. It was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. Especially with that freedom of speech stuff. Yeah, it, you don't know you don't know who, who, uh, how to say what to say when to say it and who to say it to. I know. Yes. I told a young lady her 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 hair smelled good, and she wrote me up for for sexual harassment at a, at, a, at the university where I was working at. Get out. Yeah, that's when they had their herbal essence. Uh, from um, shampoo, yeah, because they had the fruit, the fruity smell to it, the flavors, whatever it was. Eh? And I said, "Mmm, that smells good, right?" Right. Next thing I know, I was calling in the office with a with about a three or four page letter of uh, sexual harassment. This that uh, so. I got in touch with my lawyer. He sent the, he sent the job a, le- uh, a statement. Next thing I know, the manager got re- uh, got reassigned. The chef got reassigned. The girl uh, went back home to Wisconsin or wherever she was from. I don't know what that lawyer put in that mail with that letter for, but like, whoa, it, it was all right. What? Yeah, love. 
Well, this has been wonderful. And another good program. Yep. You got to try this again sometime. Oh, yeah. Most likely. You're going to be right. back on you're going to be back on face on Facebook. Uh next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, I'm uh, redoing uh I'll take a look at the video from last night. Okay. All right. All right. Let me know what you think. This okay. A reply. <laughs> For real. I'm serious now. Come on. Okay. All right, then. God, I know what you did. You you had a, you, you had an attachment. I didn't get a chance to look at the attachment yet, but but I'll I'll get a chance to. All right, do that. Okie dokie. All right then. So you take care. Have a wonderful week, man. You too. All right. Be blessed. And and because I'm gonna close out with um, I'm trying to side chuck. I I gotta close out with Delo Reese. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. This is the Pills of Nature talking about Nest of the Views of Talk Shoot. Generated Production, Sunday Dot. Let's try this again. The views and opinions of Nature Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Shoot, Generated Production, and the sponsors. This has been Nation Talk, Public Affairs and News Program. That airs Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to join us again next Sunday. For another Nation Talk here on TalkShoe. Remember, Nation Talk is produced by Jam Radio Productions Presentation. From all of us here, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope you all had one. Well, I, we had a wonderful one. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Be safe out there. We're going to close out with the theme song from the television show Touched by an Angel Walk With You This is a memory of of Della Reese and and uh, John Dyer who was who was the who was the um, death angel on the show who also who passed away as well some years ago, but he was also part of that show, and he would be missed. But the reruns will continue. God bless you, and good night.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.